is everybody here? Uh, sure looks like it. You there, Rudy? Yep, I'm here. All right. Cool, cool. Hi, Rudy. Hi, William. Hey. Uh, hey. Hey. Here we are. This is our. This is the first episode with more than one one person on it, but uh, one entity in the misery tourism. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I, mean, I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm happy to be here. You know, I really respect uh, what you're doing with this yeah. podcast that I listen to. I haven't listened. Like, to be honest, I haven't listened to all of the episodes. I listened to the one you did with Kai. Yeah. And the one you did with Manny. Yeah. Uh, and Manny's episode was like one of the most frank yeah. And uncompromising and frankly like poetic <laughs> discussions I've ever heard on a podcast. Hell yeah. Um Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm very happy. Very happy to be here, you know. Yeah, you know what's funny is like uh Manny and I have known each other for like a long time. Uh but we've never talked like <laughs> really on the, on like, the phone or anything really yeah so wait he he published you though right yeah but you know like i never like i'm just going through a whole sort of transformation here kind of thing and yeah, like right. i would be like he'd yeah. like he'd like want to talk on the phone and stuff <laughs> and i would like be like no i will never do that yeah i yeah, will never yeah. i will always just be only text Right. And, I can you know, see that. Yeah. You know, there's so much bullshit that happens. Um yeah. I, I think as we're discovering, you know, yeah. that happens when you try to couple the author, you know, <clears throat> as a human being with their work. And I can see why yeah. you'd want to decouple that as much as possible, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean it's kind of hard in this day when everybody will try to do everything they can to pair the two together and uh put all your public information out there so that people can come yeah. knock on your house or send the police in and post your you know the whole freaking life out there if you're trying to hide it so I mean, yeah try as you might you might just end up coming out anyways yeah i mean I am in both Rudy and I, I think I'm not going to speak for Rudy, but we're both in a very fortunate, different situations, but we're both in very fortunate situations where we exist perhaps sort of outside of um, the reach of cancellation (laughs) Uh, in that like uh, a year ago when I was uh, still working a you know working a shitty administrative desk job uh there was actually a period where i i took my name off of uh misery tourism i think i went by like blacked out or something which is a reference to a uh john berryman poem but uh, but you know i did because i was like oh god you know i don't need to have someone find the site Right. And email my em- yeah, and I mean there's a kind of a anyway. So I I did, and it didn't feel good. <laughs> you know, it felt cowardly, frankly. Yeah. 
or I, I don't know. I, no, cowardly isn't the right word because I think there's like a long history within literature of like pseudo anonymity and of constructed personas yeah. and that kind of thing. And I think that's like respectable. Sure. But it felt like canned, like limited, like walled in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It it, it did exactly. It felt constrictive, you know, mm-hmm. and it felt yeah. weird to to be simultaneously extremely proud of the work that you've put into something and yeah quietly paranoid that uh <laughs> that is going to destroy your life <laughs> you know so do you not have like a you have no do you not work a day job now i do not uh i'm very i don't want to talk too much about the details of my current situation because i don't uh I don't want to get canceled. I, I I don't want to. I do not want. Should cancellation arrive, I do not want there to be repercussions for people in my life who I care very much about and who have been very good to me. Let me put it that way. So I want to be very uh, like circumscribed in talking about. talking about like uh, that yeah um and uh, yeah i mean i've been i've joked a little bit on misery tourism that like well someday people are going if our site ever gains any kind of notoriety people are going to say it was a psyop you know because they won't be able to figure out like <laughs> where the money came from or um, you know or how we kept it going you know but uh huh now yeah. i mean everybody's going to be curious Everybody's yeah, gonna be well, trying to seek out the roots. Well, you know, we're not really that. We're, it's not really that big. Yet. Yeah, I mean, we're we're nobody. But right? they are already Ultimately. like people already are trying to like. Yeah. Did you see that response to like the Terror House thing where they were like, "Oh yeah, we were gonna like like compile a list and get yeah. everything yeah. about them and like dang like that would be like they should just publish that as a book on like whatever this movement is like the bio. Like, can you imagine mm. like what it's going to be? Yeah. I mean, yeah. blacklists have a long and prestigious history in literature. Yeah. You know, so yeah. this is the uh, first one. I think that uh, we've had the privilege to be on. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking a little bit much. I'm going to let Rudy kind of. <laughs> yeah. How are you above cancellation, Rudy? Well, I'm uh, permanently disabled, um, so I have fixed income, and I uh, don't work for anybody. <laughs> so, um, I I wish people would uh, would get my address and you know fuck with me, come visit me. I'm lonely and that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> really lonely. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> please yeah just show up at i just yeah i mean i think we could all use the company uh <laughs> some level yeah, I, i'm gonna geez. say though that if we had done this interview um three three days ago um two days ago however long it's been i think it would have been would, would be a very different interview um at that point in time, I was um, pretty pissed off, I guess, <laughs> about this whole circum situation, you know. Um, 
uh, now I think it's more like I'm just like sad and introspective about the yeah. whole thing. Uh, you know, given I mean, I think that my there was already some change in my in my mood, you know, as recently as as like yesterday. I, I kind of you know, uh anyway, and then what learning the news this evening about um about Will, about, you know, William uh, Bernadera? Is that how his... Uh, it seems terrible to have... To know a guy, you know... It's how it and is. To, it's and how to it publish is. him. And to not uh, be like... Yeah. And to find out he's died. And yeah. then to be like, can I... How do I pronounce his last name? Like, yeah. it's, it's so fucked. That's what I was saying you to know? you. I was saying to you, like, when, like, when I learned of this... My first thought was that it was you. And because I've heard your last name before, we've corresponded mm. before, right. and I've seen it in like emails and stuff, but I'm like bad with names and things like right. that. And so am I. And you had posted that thing about like how it's your birthday oh my coming up. God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I, shit. <laughs> I mean, I was, I mean, I, okay, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I've struggled with like, you know, clinical depression for most of my life, you know, since like adolescence and uh, birthdays yeah. are always hard, you know, and I'm kind of ended tomorrow, today. I mean, I guess we're today, recording right? it after midnight. So that today, plan. I turned 36 and in the last like two weeks <laughs> i've moved my computer exploded i've been canceled <laughs> quote unquote cancel you know um and in the past year i mean all this like petty bullshit i'm going through is nothing compared to like just the sheer like incredible like vortex of human misery that's been unleashed so I was not not feeling fantastic last night. And like sometimes the way I deal with it, rather than like engaging in, you know, just complete like suicidal ideation, right, is to be like, well, let me Google something. You know? And I was like, okay, yeah. well, I wonder how, you know, I wonder how many people commit suicide on their birthday. Like, I wonder if that's a phenomenon. And sure enough, it is. I mean, apparently, it's it. There's like a measurable increase in people's likelihood to die anyway on their birthday. Like this is a statistical phenomenon. So there's like, oh, you know what? I had sworn off of Twitter, but this is kind of funny and on brand and a nice way to be like to kind of like get a little bit of a release on that like growing sense of like internal dread. Like, let me make a joke about it on Twitter. Yeah. Um. And then when I heard tonight what happened to Will, it was like Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. Like, I like, don't, yeah, I really suck. I don't know what happened there, oh. you know. Um, and I'm not in a position to ask, but no, like, fuck. I don't know who who is like how, like you know the thing about Will is 
I know some people who are closer to him than uh, you or I or you know Rudy. I, I don't know how close you were, Rudy, but uh, I personally was not. And it's like I only talked to him like for the first time like in the last couple of days, like yesterday or something. Yeah. Hmm. Like he just kind of popped up and he was asking questions about the podcast and I was like replying with Manny like on the timeline and he was like going pretty hard like against the yeah. The other mm-hmm. side of this whole thing, and um, I, I, you know, it's sad like how someone could just kind of pop up like that and then be gone all of a sudden. But oh, what yeah. I was saying is like, I know people who are a little closer to him or were, and I think maybe they had like their cell phone number, and they had been like texting. And they got a response, you know, like, yeah, th- this happened. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like how anybody online really would know if something like that had happened to me. Yeah. Because right. like, I don't text anybody. I don't know. Like, I guess maybe there's people who could get into my cell phone and like, maybe like see like my notifications going or something and maybe like respond to that. But I don't I know kinda, if anybody would. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think that's exactly how it kind of played out in this case. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think about that sometimes too. You know, I in some ways keep my life, uh, misery tourism life kind of, um, you know, segregated or segmented or whatever, like compartmentalized, I guess would be the word from from the rest of my life and who's going to go online. I mean, I guess Rudy and I are in a kind of a fortune, fortune fucking stupid mm-hmm. to call it a fortunate position, but kind of a fortunate position there where, and I've thought about this, like in my like more morbid moments and I have plenty of them. Like what if I die? Like, it's like, Oh, and I guess Rudy would have to, Rudy's, has access to the Twitter account. <laughs> you know, I guess Rudy would yeah. have to announce my death. And I've thought at times like, shit, yeah. like what's it going to be like if like, I have to like be the one to go on there and be like, Oh, Hey guys, uh, Rudy's dead. Like it's fucked up. <laughs> it's really yeah. fucked up to think about. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. I, I don't know, Rudy, did you, I think you may have talked to Will maybe a little more than I did. Uh, maybe not. I know um, you were kind of talking to him some on anorectic and yeah. I mean, uh, I communicated with him on the forum, and uh, he's he was one of my uh, more favorite forum boys. I guess, but he, uh, yeah, I never, I didn't really get to know him so much. But he was, yeah. he seemed like a really good guy. So, did he? What he he ran a press? Is that right, or am I totally off base here? I don't know that he ran a press. I know he was an author um, and that he'd been published by um, a number of people uh, within the kind of the outsider lit community, including us. Uh, And he was active on uh, the anorectic dot art forums before they, before my clinical depression set in and I left them to rot and the bots took over. He was, he was pretty act, a pretty active poster on there. And, you know, we communicate on Twitter sometimes, but, 
Uh, I mean, he had a very long and kind of troubled personal history, and I don't really... It's like the man's dead, and I don't want to be like, oh, well, like, rehashing, like, the sad details of his life. And, And I think to some degree... You know, it doesn't fucking matter, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Like, God, I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, I mean, we're all so – that's what's so perfect, I mean, uh, about talking, like, with you guys right now mm-hmm. about this is that, like – because me personally, too, I'm, I'm, like – I just feel like I'm suicidal, but, like, I don't have the courage or anything to do it. Yeah. Tell me about like, it. Like, I want to just die. Like, I want to yeah. die, like, like right now. Like, just wipe out, like, a big... Like, I look to my right, and a nuclear blast is coming, and it's, like, boom. Or someone drops, like, a huge rock on my car, and I'm dead. Like, I'm really I'm really scared to die. Uh, I'm really scared to go through the whole process of it. But, like, right. I really, like, sometimes something... Like, something really small or insignificant even will come up in my life, and I'm just, like... Oh, I just want to be dead, like so bad. Like yeah. I'm so tired of like going yeah. up these stairs or yeah, something. Fun, and I feel like mis. Yeah, I feel like misery tourism is that you know, like tour touring it a little bit, just like like you know, just going in and and dealing with it. And it's coming from, I don't know, a sort of dark nihilistic maybe place. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I really relate to that kind of stuff. And like, even with like this event that happened right now, like I don't even know how to feel about it. Like, yeah, yeah. Am I to be? Am I supposed to be sad? Am I supposed to be happy? Like, is it like a relief? Is it like? Yeah, I know. Um, I know that. I kind of. It was one of the ones kind of like tweeted out the news, and I was trying to figure out like how do you, how do you word a tweet like that like how do you as someone you know who's experienced a lot of despair and depression and who like you kind of said has like a complicated relationship with death how do you talk about the death of another human being who you know was tortured you know you know who's profoundly troubled and how do you give them like credit for their work how do you acknowledge that fact and then how do you give them credit for their work as an artist especially since like the pieces of his that i read including the piece that we published were really really fucking good you know and so how do you acknowledge him as an artist and how do you like also as you like indicated like come to terms with the possibility that maybe on some level this is a relief or a release you know which is it's like which is why it was kind of like the only like my hope in this is that he has found some kind of peace and and i mean i you actually i sorry I've i've been working my way through your book i bought it like a year and a half ago (laughs) <laughs> and oh, yeah. I'm like halfway through it now, which <laughs> tells you just like 
how qualified I am to be running a, a like a literature site, right? I could probably I could manage one book every three years, maybe. The, I mean, I mean, to, to my <laughs> in my defense, um, aside from my profound mental illness. Like I also have to, Rudy and I also have to read a lot of submissions. Yeah. So it's sometimes oh, yeah. it's increasingly hard to set aside time to read for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyway, it was it was reading your book. You're from a kind of a religious background, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, that's uh, yes. I'm a, I was like LDS till I was like 18. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wondered if that might be the case, given you know the setting of the book and and all of that uh so i was raised in a like very like christian home my mom is is devoutly religious um maybe to her credit you know yeah Uh, i certainly wish i could have that kind of faith but like i fell away from that in my teens like you kind of experienced moments of like real profound doubt that you can't reconcile anyway so i'm you know i'm agnostic now and so i have no idea you know i have no clue what happens after this i'm not i mean if you if you ha 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 put a gun to my head and asked me like what do i think is the most likely I'd say, well, there's probably nothing, right? This is probably fucking it, for better or yeah. for worse. Um, but I have no idea, you know. And I do hope when you see someone who is a really talented artist and really troubled, and then they pass, you know, it's like Jesus. Like I just hope that whatever comes after this is peaceful. Is like corny and cliched as that sounds you know i don't know what else you know i don't know what else to say really yeah i i uh i i've never seen this movie but like i only even really just like heard about it recently but i feel like it kind of and i don't even know if the movie's about this but i feel like my whole life kind of is like Oh, the movie's Jacob's Ladder. Like, have you seen I've, that or heard of it? I haven't anything? seen it. No, I. I guess like. Heard I guess I've like it's it. like. You've heard of it. Yeah. Like I guess like I watched so I watched the trailer for it because I saw somebody talk about it and then I was like, oh wow, this is like I feel like this. It's like about a guy who like goes to like the Korean like Viet Korean Vietnam some war, uh, mm. and. He comes back and he's got like maybe PTSD or something, but he starts like seeing like scary things Mm. like, and the trailer even goes into this. Like, it's not like, I don't think I'm really spoiling anything, but he starts, yeah, he starts like seeing like demons, like in people's faces and stuff like that. And he starts like, Mm. things start to get really kind of um, uh, weird. And I, you know, it really starts, they, it seems like he has died and he's on some next step, mm. um, like 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 in the death process. Like it's like maybe he died in the war, and he's going through like his memories or something, mm. and they're being like corrupted by like the spirit of death, uh, the rot, and the and the, and and things like that. 
and like uh i like feel and worry of things like that like all the time like yeah have you ever do you have you done like psychedelics or anything either no i um am probably the (laughs) probably the only teetotaler straight edge guy and outsider lit (laughs) like i have not done i i don't drink i've never never i i actually honestly had to quit drinking caffeinated coffee because if i had it at 8 a.m i would still be wired at 11 <laughs> this is it's, it's i <laughs> like, i i would like trad wife territory you know so i um no i, I really what yeah, what about sorry. you, Rudy? Do you? Uh, no, I've never done psychedelics. I don't drink. I don't uh, do uh, non-prescribed drugs. Um, I don't really anymore either, like, because of my job and stuff like that. But, like, I did definitely, like, go as far as I could. Hmm. Um, and, like, you know, with, like, LSD and mushrooms and stuff, like, you really start to, like, lose grips of time and sanity hmm. and things hmm. like that. Right. And And it just, I mean it really does get you close to like maybe like some idea of like what death is and like just sort of like this spiraling kind of like all of your own personal thoughts, like being kind of projected and like time not existing and things like that. Hmm. It's a, it, it, it changes kind of a lot about like what, you know, you think life is. I don't want this to be like all about like doing drugs or anything, especially if you guys haven't, experienced it right 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 but i mean it scared me for sure (laughs) like i thought like "Uh uh-oh i'm in hell i just didn't realize it like Hmm. now i see um and that kind of has stayed with me like my whole life honestly yeah yeah Yeah, i bet (laughs) i i think the closest and maybe rudy rudy can chime in too but the closest i've probably come to an experience like that is I went through a period where I had regular, semi-regular bouts of sleep paralysis. Yeah. Uh, basically, what it was was I was in grad school. I did a year in grad school in English Lit. I had decided I got my undergrad degree, and I decided, oh, I want to be an English professor. And I did one year of grad school, and it was the most eye-opening experience of my life in the most negative sense you can imagine like whatever romantic ideas i had about literature about like the academic life uh, about uh, like professional culture or whatever like they were all like blown to smithereens over the course of a year and i just saw like this is a you know, I'd go in and I'd sit in these seminars with my professors, and I quickly realized that, like, my professors were absolutely fucking miserable. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so it was a really, like, stressful experience for me because I had this idea of where my life was going, and I was not necessarily a mentally robust and healthy human being going, human being going into that. Uh, And then, like, you had this experience where it's like you thought you knew where your life was going, and it it, it ain't this, right? This isn't working out. And um, so I started to have, like, 
periodic bouts of sleep paralysis and usually it'd just be like i'd wake up and i couldn't move and that was terrifying enough but i mm -hmm. remember this one time uh and, and part of it was i was my natural like circadian circadian rhythm like my natural sleep sleep cycle is to like be up until like 2 3 a.m and sleep until yeah. like 11. <laughs> yeah. um and so and i was teaching an 8 a.m seminar or it ain't not it's like an 8 a.m intro to uh like basic college writing course uh and so my sleep schedule was always out of wax i was taking naps in the middle of the day anyway at one point i fell asleep on the couch in my apartment and i experienced like that sleep paralysis feeling where you wake up but you're not awake and i had this unmistakable sense that there was like this black figure standing over me and i like knew intuitively that this was death and that i was going to die <laughs> and it was like the most terrifying fucking experience in my life and it probably lasted you know like a fraction of a second before i woke up and i realized like no that was just sleep paralysis but like to have that like experience of like the immediacy of death it, it's so like i don't know it's so fucked that's really. death as like an entity too that's and like death as an entity right yeah exactly death personified kind of or yeah oh god yeah it was it was it was anyway <laughs> it was not a great experience uh yeah i, I feel death like i'm like sorry what were you gonna say i was just said i was going to say i feel like i'm talking over rudy here and i wasn't sure if he had something um he went to chip in with i've never experienced like sleep paralysis or anything like that um <clears throat> but i think that a drug like lsd or shrooms that would probably kill me i think <laughs> um yeah yeah i think so because <laughs> I, I just Why? my normal mindset and stuff is to worry and to be uh kind yeah. of paranoid and uh oh yeah i don't want to push it so <laughs> i've never really tried anything especially with the drugs i'm on you know normally um just for antidepressants too. and that kind of stuff like yeah they can they can have some interactions um it can so. make you like feel like you're not ever like i don't know instantly like instantly i start it, it amplifies those fear factors not in everybody I guess mm. some people are like just little woodland gods when they take <laughs> these drugs and they can just like go around happy and, right. you know, dancing and like doing super skills. And sometimes I'm like that mm. too. Like I've done mm. like one or two hits of something like LSD and all of a sudden like I'm moving in like a new rhythm and I'm like able to just like move without thinking about it and things are happening. It's like, wow, this is the coolest thing. But then one time on my birthday, I took like nine hits of acid and like i couldn't walk and i like i might have thrown up i blacked out i think and like you know you're stuck and everybody it, it's so it's very weird you start thinking you're never going to come out of it you start spiraling in this sort of yeah. sense yeah. and like it's just amplify it can it can amplify all this stuff and like it uh I don't know. It's interesting to go there and to come mm. out of it. 
but it can kind of like leave a bit of a lasting impression. And it's like, what are these things? Like, what are they doing to us? Like what, you know, like, okay. I don't know, Rudy, are you a religious person? No, I've never really been uh, very religious. Um, my memory of church is basically just being annoyed or enraged from being there. Um, not really any real positive <laughs> memories of church, but I never really believed anything. I've never really prayed or talked to God or anything. Um, oh, really? You've, not, have you never have you never pr- prayed or anything? I've tried, but I, I just I just don't have the, the the mindset. I don't have the brain for it. I guess like, something something's wrong. Maybe my religious center or whatever is wrong in my brain or something. I've never been able to 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 do it yeah now, I, uh... Rudy, you do have one story about church i don't know if you want to tell it here <laughs> i feel like you should i feel like you should i i feel like it would give some insight into where you're coming from a religious perspective well, they they might get me if they do that they, the doctors might uh might hover hover and uh <laughs> no so like when i was about 21 um, I had like a, I guess you'd call it a psychotic break or something. I don't know. I don't know the terminology, but <clears throat> I guess, um, so what happened is I went down to the church that my parents took me to as a kid. Um, and like I said, I have really no good memories of church. Um, most of the memories I have are just, you know, being dressed funny and like feeling really out of place, feeling real, really kind of enraged, you know, from actually just being in the building. I I don't really know how to describe it, like, um, but anyway. Like so visceral? Like, it not, just instinctually, like. I, I don't know exactly if it's visceral, but I remember, like, when, you know, we were in um, in Sunday school and they made you do the thing where you, uh, you know, pledge your heart to Jesus Christ or whatever. Um, I remember standing there and just kind of, like, having trouble breathing and kind of being weirded, really weirded out by it. And I just, it didn't really... It didn't sit right with me um, in, in, in a lot of ways. But anyway, so when I was about 20 or 21, it was, it was about 2005. Um, I can't do math, but... Uh, Neither can I. <laughs> so I went down to the church that uh, I used to go to, and I basically broke in and vandalized it. Um, there, was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of damage to it. Um, I, at one point, I, I rubbed my own shit on the cross. I tore up a Bible. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, yeah. But then the police came to get me, and uh, I told them to shoot me, and they didn't. Uh, so I must be basically like the only black guy who's, you know, experienced that, I guess. <laughs> like I literally said, you know, tell me. And they said, no. They said, no, we're not going to do that. That would be wrong, they told me. So, you know, my... <laughs> My feels about the police might be a little different because of that. I'm not really sure, but we were from a small town, so I guess you know everybody knows each other and whatever. Right. You know <laughs> the police officers? I I did kind of yeah. I went to school with one. One was a state trooper. I went to school with him, and uh, I didn't know him real well in school. I mean, it's just but anyway. So they they came and got me, and they took me to the uh, to the station. And then later, I was taken to a mental uh, hospital. Uh, I stayed for probably a few weeks, um, but that's that's my experience with church, basically. Oh yeah. man, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm... wild. So you must have prayed for like when you were younger, then. No, I, I like I said, I couldn't. I don't. I, it's not that I didn't really believe it or didn't want to believe it. 
<coughs> it's just that when I would try to do it, it just wouldn't like nothing would happen, and I just feel really awkward and weird. I'd just be like, "Well, I'm just talking to myself. I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm just pretending." Basically, I don't like. I, I just can't. I I just couldn't really do it. I just couldn't get into it. And I was never into the Bible. I mean, the Bible was fun to read and stuff. I was interested in it just as from a book perspective of how interesting some of the stories and stuff were. But I never really, uh, I never really connected on any level with God or like with fellowship with you know people in the church or anything like that. So, yeah, like when I was growing up, I mean, I was like, I was like all about it, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like wanted to be the prophet, you know, like, right. but like the LDS church is kind of like a little bit more like hands-on sort of maybe like a little bit more like you can do it like frontier mm. sort of like the prophet mm. lives like some, if you're in Salt Lake city, like the prophet lives like in your city. So right, like, right, right. it's not unthinkable that you can like be so good at the church that, uh, you and God or you're like dealing with God coming like straight through you, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that was pretty powerful stuff, but. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, I can understand how someone, I had friend, a friend uh, who was really into it. He was, in, you know, he would, um, he was into fellowship and he, you know, get, he, I think he was a youth leader or something for, uh, for the church. And he, you know, he had the DC talk t-shirts and he would come and, you know, pray on us and do all this other stuff. And I can understand it because, you know, he was my friend and he, you know, he, I saw how excited he was about it, but I just, um, I guess I just didn't. And I guess it might've been different if I had been in a different church, like what you're saying, like LDS, where, you know, the fellowship is so important to it and is so much a part of your life. It's total, you know, total and, you know, total absorption. This this is where like, like I would say like, I'm still a spiritual person, but like, I just think like that the LDS church is like wrong or like boring or corrupt or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's got all these like little kids walking around, like trying to teach people like about God and you go to Sunday school and it's like super boring and these creepy old like wrinkly guys are like just trying to like, they're like following a lesson book and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that Joseph Smith was like the greatest guy or like anything, but I mean, back then it was pretty wild. Like you were like communing mm. with spirits, taking multiple wives, like doing a kind of communism and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I would say like most of my experience in art has been like trying to like find some sort of like energetic spirituality, like within yeah. life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that for me, a lot of my writing uh, is about trying to reconcile myself with, like, the lost promise of, like, Christianity, right? And I've written some pieces that are, like, very explicitly that. Mm-hmm. And, and other pieces, though, it's more like it's just the despair of the absence of that. But you, you said something interesting, which is, like, that you feel like you're still spiritual and it's like i hear people say like yeah i'm spiritual but not religious i kind of feel like i'm the opposite like i'm a 
like deeply religious person with no sense of like active spirituality like what is religion like, like how what is like, what exactly is religion then maybe I like i'm thinking understand. in terms of like the the rituals of yeah. religion like I, I and this is this is going to be like this is this is like an admission in some ways right but i, I still pray like on a regular basis, even though I don't feel anything, and even though I don't believe really that anyone hears, <laughs> like I'll and I and I think my my relationship with um with Christianity, even from the time that I was a kid, was always like a deeply like profoundly selfish one. <laughs> like I remember, like I would didn't get any joy out of like the experience of church or the experience of fellowship or feel any kind of active like spirituality like you're talking about like but i'd always be like praying for god to give me things like like and even really petty things i remember (laughs) this is this is really embarrassing but i remember being like in oh i don't know fourth or fifth grade and i was like a like real like Nintendo video game junkie them and then and I still am to some degree. I still spend way too much time playing fucking video games, even though it's like anyway, it's not a terribly like fulfilling experience. But but anyway, I remember I had a subscription to Nintendo Power and it would come every month. And I remember sitting at the bus sitting there at the bus stop, waiting for the bus to come and pick me up and praying to God that my issue of Nintendo Power would arrive in the mail that day. <laughs> and, that, and that is exactly, like, what has always been this kind of, like, passive, receptive relationship with God if he, she, or it exists. And I think with the universe, too. Like, I, I think there's this kind of... I have this kind of profound, like, selfishness that I'm always grappling with, you know? Um, but it's, and in terms of like, even today, like, what do I pray for? Well, I pray for like silly shit, like, oh God, please like keep my cats safe or like, you know, like shit like that. Like, or, or, you know, in moments like where I'm feeling real profound despair, I'll turn to God and I'll be basically be like, Hey, fuck you. <laughs> Like, do something about this, buddy. I'm not happy. And it's so silly. You know, you see – and I guess I've been thinking about this um, a lot recently, not only because of what's been going on in the community, but what's been going on in the world. It's like I'm becoming more and more aware of, like – like the profound kind of hollowness that comes with that sort of selfishness, you know, especially like, let me be honest, I feel pretty shitty about the role that I kind of played in like, listen, I, I, I don't have such a, like as much as I'm like, a profoundly egocentric person. I don't in any way believe that I like instigated this conflict. I think there's been a lot of shit brewing for years. I think that the 
independent literature community, like all communities on the internet, is deeply factional. Um, and I think there's profound ideological differences and so on and so forth. Um, but I, I think there are perverse incentives too. <laughs> and I think there's a real incentive um, to like shitpost and to like create arbitrary like us versus them dichotomies and then use those things as like a fucking advertising gimmick like yeah. consciously or yeah. unconsciously Definitely. you know to be like like there was no and this is really like petty and in the weeds but there is absolutely no reason for me to poke the bear in the various ways that i did like i <clears throat> in fact misery tourism was not like initially called out but you get these like hobby horses right you get these like these almost like obsessive ideas and, and this is like particularly like in retrospect um like embarrassing for me because i like you know spend so much time talking about well, well i'm not ideological you know it's like oh like the enemy is ideology right the enemy is like the idea that like these kind of passionate ingrained moral beliefs are the enemy of art to some degree you know and that's not a, anyway but like i've been like i've been writing that shit and writing that shit well at the same time like i'm kind of i've kind of staked out a like ridiculously rigid ideological or ideological position i mean i don't know how to pronounce anything i, I don't i don't talk to people <laughs> I just, anyway so i you know to have staked out that position and to be like like it's Masada, you know, to be like fighting this like ridiculous battle against enemies who like don't even don't know, don't care about you personally and who whose names you don't even know. Like until this um this thing kind of went like broke out and went crazy i didn't really know the names of many of these individuals in the like safe lit community or, or whatever no. i didn't know these publications yes yeah, you know way. and here i am sniping at people i don't fucking know because someone i know who, who knows someone who knows like had a bad experience once yeah, right? or yeah. because i have this perception of them as my ideological enemy because i believe because i believe passionately that like freedom of expression is like the cornerstone of the whole artistic enterprise right and i feel like these guys are censors right i feel like they're they're coming <laughs> like and i feel like in some ways like i had been like like toying or flirting with the idea of cancellation or of the idea of conflict yeah and had built it, it was it would almost be like this kind of badge of honor or something to have them yeah and then it happens and all I can think about is like, and once again, I know that like the, the hilarious thing, right, is that um, it's almost like a um, 
Oh my god. Um what's the name of the play? Uh something in Gildenstein. Um the Gilden the two out of Ham of Hamlet. The two or out of Hamlet, right? Where the mm. there's the play <laughs> Rosencrantz and Gildenstein. Rosencrantz and Gildenstein yeah. are dead, right? And the yeah. whole point is that the play is told from their perspective and they yeah. think everything that's happening in Hamlet is about them. <laughs> right? They have yeah. such a like such a egocentric like such a warped perspective that's rooted in their own perspective in their own limited access to information, that it, it's actually kind of a hilarious afterthought or hilarious that misery tourism was an afterthought in all this. Like the original tweet called out for Manny Manuel, who like has been nothing but like a diligent supporter and promoter of artists, you know, of and of work. And then someone in the replies is like, oh, yeah, you should – like, misery tourism is bad too. Yeah. And, and it's like, <laughs> shit. You know, and it's hilarious on some level. But then, like, you you sit, st- take a step back and you think about it. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, what did I – what kind of like was my – like, all the like – like, just – the profound like shittiness of this situation and just the amount of like despair and pain that it's caused for people that I, that are, that I respect, you know, that I really honestly unequivocally respect and admire. And it's like, did I really need to be talking shit on the internet? (laughs) You know, and I know once again, like probably all of this, like this is me inflating my own role again, which is, but like, shit, it's like, did I really need to play a role in this at all? Like, did I need to feed this bullshit? Okay, okay my first question then is <laughs> yeah. like, what is it that you think you did that instigated this whole thing? Well, I think, okay. So I think on I think there's a couple of things that definitely didn't help. One is and this one is a thing that I am Okay, so in terms of things that I am absolutely like definitely proud that we did and would never take back is running our series of like replatformed work. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's good work. I think totally. we're taking work set wouldn't have a home otherwise that were unfairly pulled from publication for one reason or another and giving them a new home. I don't think art should be censored or destroyed under any circumstances. So I think that if that played a role in instigating this situation, then like, you know, fuck it. Like I'm proud of that. But I mean, I have also been like a petty catty bitch on Twitter to no end, you know, and, and, you know, it's just kind of like, it's funny because I'll say things and I honestly believe this on one level, like that the, the culture wars are over, you know, that I honestly think we've moved past as, uh, as a society, like the silly clickbait dichotomy of like, you know, like on one hand, like the war against Christmas, and on the other hand, 
like some slate or vice article about microaggressions or whatever like i really think that the banality of that moment has passed i think in part because we've um we've seen in some ways especially over the last few months um both just we've been like awakened to a more profound human horror you know both in terms of like COVID-19 and just the unfathomable unfathomable I can't talk like death and despair and 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 like just pain you know that it's caused and also you know the the murder of George Floyd and the way that I think that's awakened I mean if you look at polling data suddenly like like milk toast white Americans like me <laughs> are suddenly like awakening to just the horror of like police brutality and the horror of the experience like that a lot of of, of people of color, especially um, also people living in poverty, people struggling with uh, with mental illness and so forth, like just like how just the horrendous kind of treatment that they that has been like uh, visited upon them by various police departments mm-hmm. so i think there's been this kind of larger awakening to like what it really means like what what global suffering really means and that it's not like the fucking war on christmas or fucking microaggressions or whatever but that it's really much deeper and, and more profound than that but so but on the one hand i'll be making tweets like oh the culture wars are over like this whole mindset is something that we we've moved beyond and then i'm you know i'm over here on the other hand stirring the pot like oh no don't cancel us you know like like the brer rabbit routine right where it's like yeah don't throw me in the briar patch <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I think I'm being very like frank here and yeah. there might be repercussions for me being so frank. about <laughs> But yeah. I, I'm being this frank because I'm ashamed because <laughs> you know? I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks what has happened to Manny. It, it fucking sucks what it fucking sucks what has happened to um several authors i know um and i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna name names or say anything but like authors i know who are not part like who don't want to like quote unquote pick a side right who don't want to the community to be fractured into two cliques and therefore to be a man without a country right or a woman without a country or whatever you know without it like to be in a position where like my whole thing up to this point has been like art above all else and the need to like my primary argument up to this point has been like we stand unequivocally behind the authors we publish we stand unequivocally behind the work that we publish and to do anything else to do anything less is like despicable on some level because most in this community people are not getting paid or they're getting paid fucking peanuts right yeah they're they're happy to get if you get 15 dollars 
for your story, yeah, you're over the fucking moon, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like you feel, and so like to be on the one hand like championing art, champion artistic integrity, and I really believe that. Like I really fucking unequivocally believe um, that it's the responsibility of editors to defend the work they publish, to defend the authors they publish, the artists they publish. But to be saying that on the one hand, and on the other hand, to have like, to see this conflict unfolding, uh, where that's like purely factional, and to see a lot of good, talented people on the outside looking in, feeling alienated, feeling like, like, if I... (laughs) If I throw in with these guys, it's only a matter of time before the knife is in my back and I'm canceled for being problematic. But if I stand with these guys, well, I'm only this, I'm only two degrees of separation away from Terror House, you know, or yeah. I'm only two yeah. degrees away from separation right. from actual fucking Nazis, yeah. you know, and, and it's like and I can see like it's really easy for me to take this kind of free speech absolutist view which i do hold and i and and which i think like and i do honestly believe that freedom of speech for all and freedom of expression for all protects revolutionary works just as much as it protects reactionary works protects marginalized voices just as much as it protects um you know conservative voices or white privileged voices or whatever terminology you want to use but like <laughs> i don't know i'm ranting but but like you know i don't want to put artists in that i feel shitty of like i've had people come to me and be like or, or just i've seen opinions voiced even people who haven't come to me personally like hey like i don't like I have a conflicting opinion. I can't, you know, like just close my eyes and like, I'm, you know, I'm Jewish and I can't just close my eyes and pretend these guys wouldn't kick my face in if they had the chance, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm black and I can't pretend that like, that I'm okay with this dude wearing a fucking clan robe, you know, and posing or what, you know, whatever, or a dude throwing up a hail Hitler. And it's like, yeah, it's like, like, what shit. Are we, like what, yeah, what are we doing? Like, what are we, how do we, what, how do we deal with the Nazis? You know, how do we deal <laughs> with this? Like, what, is, what are we, what are we supposed to do about that? Like, because they exist, you know, these things, yeah. and it's not even just Nazis. Like, you have to go, you have to watch out for everything. Like, you have to watch out for uh, sexual abusers. You have to watch out for yeah. all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but we are literally dealing with potential Nazis and maybe ironic Nazis. But, like, yeah. uh, you know, like, I don't. What do we? What? It's, it's what, weird. What do you do? Because, right? Because yeah. And I mean the ACL the 
the stance of the extremely radical organization called the ACLU, right, is that you 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 protect fringe cases because in protecting fringe cases you protect the whole. And I mean that's why the ACLU will like sue on behalf of the right of white supremacists yeah. to mm-hmm. to protest like okay. it, to picket to march right the idea yeah. is that if we give ground here if we allow this group even this group that we believe and i i mean i can't imagine there are many people within the aclu and maybe i am being naive but i can't imagine there are many people within the aclu who are secret white supremacist sympathizers right, right. yeah <laughs> like you don't sign up to the to do that kind of work for that reason yeah. the argument is you protect the fringe cases yeah. because if you give in on the fringe cases you you create a precedent that can be um that can be weaponized against people you actually are sympathetic to right and, and the reality is that when you talk about the history of censorship if you look at the pieces that are historically being censored and i mean this and i'm talking about in terms of like actual government banning of books you know you you look at it's usually subversive works it's usually satirical works it's usually works by social outsiders and marginalized individuals you know it's it's not like and it's not generally speaking works by reactionaries and conservatives because the reality is that i mean i shouldn't even have to fucking say this reactionaries hold the reins of power in this country unequivocally i mean if you were naive about that fact um prior to 2016 i don't see how you could be naive about that fact now and that to give and to so and I know this is we're talking about like constitutional law, which is profoundly different uh, than saying, hey, I'm not going to publish this motherfucker because he's a Nazi. Right? right. Like that's a whole different individual publications have to make their own judgments about things like that. But I do think. But no, though, but they don't if, get they don't get to like that's the thing is like it's not just down to the individual publications anymore. Right. Like the rule out there that is trying to be put into place is that these individual publications, so should they choose to publish somebody like that, is going to be shut down. Right, yeah. and that's it. Right, that is the scary fucking thing because the potential. because in some ways like this is another thing i like shouldn't have to say the the mob is never going to be a sophisticated judge of the artistic merits of a work and the and the mob is never going to be a coherent judge of what is or is not evil Right. You know, what yeah. is or like to, what's the difference between evil and transgressive? You know, it's right. and it's it's not a silly line. I'm not like playing rhetorical games here. That's yeah. a fundamental 
theological, literary, and philosophical question. Yeah. And yeah. how the and I do not want to entrust that question, the answer to that question, in in the hands. I see. I gotta. I want to be very careful here because I went into this interview like I've been thinking for a couple of days, and I'm like, I really don't want this to be throwing fuel on the fire. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to point in any specific direction, but I think like it's, it's profound. Like who do you empower to make that decision? You know, who do you empower to, to draw that line? Because transgressive is not the same thing as evil, right? Transgressive works are not necessarily evil, and evil works are not necessarily transgressive. I mean, I I hate to ask this question, but, like, should we ban evil works? Uh, My opinion is no. I mean, my opinion is that Mein Kampf is taught in high school classrooms for a reason, you know? Uh, I think that you need to like that conception that um, con- contextualizing something is more valuable than banning right. it because yeah. banning, yeah. I mean, banning something makes it illicit and making something illicit makes it desirable. I mean, right. fundamentally, no, totally. what, are we, what are we talking about with evil works? I mean, just like Hitler or like, I mean, like, let's what, say what, I don't, like uh um i don't know what serial killers have like written works like glorifying what they do or uh what yeah. like you know should we i don't know like uh, other things from yeah like hitler's mind calm for yeah um jeez i don't know combine like, I mean, diaries well the combine <laughs> you know, that, diaries the, the countless that were... manifestos available online written by spree killers yeah. and mm-hmm. by terrorists and so I think on if, and so forth i think you know? yeah i think if we were going to talk about an evil work right now like we mm-hmm. could talk about all of terror house work and call it, and 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 that can that can be its own sort of thing but i don't think that i don't i don't i've i don't know I don't think that's evil work. I think that may be still mm-hmm. within the category of transgressive work. I'm not 100% sure, but that's like what I kind of feel like. But I think if we're talking evil work, I think that may be something like um, the filmed footage of the shooter who went into like, what was it, Christchurch yeah. and filmed yeah, that, right. like right. watching that, uh, maybe beheadings uh, that were filmed. Right. Or if we want to get down to literature, these manifestos put out by all these uh, – alt-right shooters and stuff like that going in and saying why the Jews are bad, why all blacks deserve to die or uh, whatever, you know, like that has no real purpose other than to uh, cause people to commit murders. Right. So you're talking about violence or things that promote violence, basically. That's, I guess, like what I would be calling evil because that's what I kind of think maybe of evil the most to myself. Like, I guess if we were going into maybe other realms of evil, it would be like uh, child pornography, you know, like, yeah, we should probably ban child pornography. Uh, Marquis de Sade, I don't know. You know, no. Uh, I mean, and I think there's actually like, and I hate, like, I feel like I, I don't know, I think that sometimes 
I, I might be tipping my hand here a little bit too much and coming off sounding like a quote-unquote filthy lib or whatever when I feel like a lot of our readership um, are – I think that most of the misery tourism leadership, readership is probably like – I don't know. What would you call them? The dirtbag left or whatever I think. I mean yeah. I, I know I ran a poll once like of just on Twitter just because like politics is a sort of like – personal shameful obsession of mine just to see who yeah. our readers would um pick in the democratic primary it was like overwhelmingly bernie right. and then like and then like warren and i think trump was a distant distant third you know yeah or no maybe even i don't know yang had dropped out by that point which by the way that was he was my guy <laughs> like, i i think i'm not going to talk about andrew yang um but anyway, so not to sound like a filthy lib here, but I, I actually honestly think that like the standards that the Supreme Court have set for like what is and is not allowable speech constitutionally make a lot of fucking sense, like from an editorial perspective too. Like what what's illegal? Well, exploitative pornographic works like child pornography right or or, or revenge porn or yeah. pieces of pornography or rape pornography or things like that where actual human beings are being victimized and then that work is being sold to titillate right um right. actual honest to goodness threats of violence right or yeah for our publishing or formulating plans that could act like material plans that yeah. could be used to commit violence. Yeah. And, uh, and libel, libel and slander, like actually intentionally maliciously spreading information that you know to be false about another private human being. All of and, this stuff gets blurred in the literary world because uh, exploitative stuff like we're dealing here now with people's abusers being published yeah. and that's hurting the person who is abused. Uh, something like the violence one um, we're dealing with, uh, you know, the call, is that what, it, are you talking about that book, the, the, the Columbine book from, from Terror House or are you talking about something else? No, I'm talking about the actual physical diaries written yeah. by er – the notebooks, like written by okay. Eric and, and Dylan, which, by well, the way, I wouldn't ban because, once again, yeah. like Mein Kampf, those are right. historical documents. They're not like profiteering off of like right. exploitation and off of – and they're not the, – these are artifacts of a material harm that have already been – has already been committed that give us insight into the nature of yep. that harm yeah not not works that themselves are generating our harm or that are like precursors to harm like right yeah. like if it let's say that that one of us and i'm not gonna <laughs> point fingers <laughs> but let's say that one of us went out and committed some like atrocity in Tomorrow. a church, in a church, uh -oh. shit on the <laughs> cross. Not, 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 no, I'm very, very far away from a church. But let's say that one of us went out and committed an atrocity tomorrow and left a manifesto yeah. of yeah. some kind behind. Yeah. That yeah. manifest, the reading of that manifesto, the publication of that manifesto, <laughs> doesn't 
caused the event, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't believe that a publisher should exploitatively, like, release that manifesto for money or, like, the yeah. or the horrifying thing that happened where um, Emmett Till, the, the, the individuals who lynched Emmett Till after they got off went and basically sold their right the rights to the story to a magazine mm. and told it like shit right. like that right like that's profoundly disturbing shit but for that man that that hypothetical manifesto to be like released online and to i think that provides valuable insight right. into the psyches of individuals who would mm. commit acts like that and i yeah. think that's very different than a situation where like I go online before it happens and yeah. I publish the names and addresses of the people of God. Now I'm the murderer the, the, where the killer. <laughs> 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 oh God. But you know, it's very different than a situation where the killer goes online before it happens and says, I'm going to kill X, Y, and Z. And I, I would like you to kill X, Y, and Z. Here's their names, their addresses. Here's a battle plan. Like yeah. it's unequivocally and obviously clear that those kind of direct threats should be legally actionable because yeah. there's a, an opportunity there, yeah. you know, but uh, to, to prevent something horrific from happening. But that inability to like decouple the work that exists in the world from the artists that create created it like it's a really it's a, it's like it's a really interesting philosophical question yeah it's a really interesting moral question but i don't know that it's a productive legal or artistic question i don't you know because we have a harder time now because we got things like twitter and stuff like that where yeah the artist is creating art potentially with their tweets, but that's also the artist in action, you know? Yeah. I got it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I I think we're, we're out there yeah. now having this discourse between this, these two sides and we're tweeting towards one side, blah, blah, blah. Like, I hope this happens to you because you did this. And these other people are saying, Oh, this person's a terrible person. Like, okay. Like, you know, like the artist and the art, are mixing so are, yeah so closely together here it almost feels like yeah, i mean the one thing the way i approach it is um not so much from a censorship thing you know this whole situation uh, i mean there's that too i mean i don't think censorship is a good thing obviously but um like it's like i don't really i don't really find the uh the personal stuff, I find that to be really disturbing. Like when somebody, you know, doxes someone or goes after their, you know, their friends or their family or something like that. I don't really think any of that is necessary, you know, at all. And I think just, you know, from little fights like this, like there's really no reason to, uh, to make it personal. I mean, if, if you do harm, then apologize. I mean, if you, and that's, that's it, it's the internet. I mean, it's nothing really, I mean, I know that there's different levels of harm. I know there's psychological harm and stuff too, but like, yeah. just don't, you know, don't slide into DMs. Don't, um, don't go yeah. after people with personal attacks. No ad hominem shit. Yeah. I mean, just don't do that stuff. And I think that everything else, like, is basically tangential to the point. I mean, like stuff like who gets published where, or who, 
you know, is, um, you know, who supports who that I, I really, there's really something about the personal when it comes to artistic works that I really find, um, almost like, you know, disgusting in a way, I guess. I don't, because it's like when people use their personal shit to sell themselves or whatever, or when, when the atmosphere is essentially, um, forcing people to use their personal shit, like a sales tool, essentially. Yeah. 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 I, I don't like when that happens and I don't like, um, I don't like the personal shit when it gets out of hand on Twitter either. I just kind of tend to stay away from that and duck, duck out when I can. Um, yeah, but yeah. it's because I think it's probably because of the experiences I've had with personal stuff, you know, kind of not necessarily tainting my work, but like personal stuff being a personal shit being attached to my work based on assumptions like, you know, when we in, when we released the Misery Index, um, there's this guy, I'm not going to name his name, but uh, he was on Twitter talking about, talking all this shit about, you know, how no people of color would play the game, and what, play the games we design, whatever. Um, <laughs> I just, I mean, obviously, <laughs> like, I mean, it's like we had our video, our Kickstarter video out there. You could have watched the video. I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, right. But it's like that kind of stuff, like... And when um, when William said, well, you know, yeah, uh, other guy who made these games is black, <laughs> um, <laughs> he basically came back and said, oh, why didn't you say that? You know, why didn't you put it out there or whatever? And why like, didn't you advertise? Why didn't you that? advertise? Like, why didn't we make your identity the crux of our advertising right. campaign? Like that's fucking repulsive. That it kind is, of tokenization. That's... Yeah. Fucking, and, and that's yeah, what, what I'm the... talking about. Like the personal attached to the author, like at least, especially a living author. Like if the guy's dead, it's like, yeah, okay. Like it's okay to assess Lovecraft or like, you know, Howard yeah. or some or Tolkien or whoever. Some people who are dead, they're dead. But I mean, in the author's lifetime, just the this this idea that you have to craft some kind of uh, some kind of personhood behind your work is just stupid to me and kind of ailing and i just i don't understand it i don't understand how right. people want to make everything personal and you have these authors out there who are you know communicating with their fans and they're you know sliding into dms like i said shit like that like that shit is disgusting <laughs> I, don't, I just don't understand that like how <laughs> right. like i mean how right. like i i don't i don't i don't support that it's just right. it's just ridiculous like yeah, and I mean, on that, like, I think I am, I'm a really, like, deeply private person, which makes this whole thing very weird, uh, mm-hmm. especially, like, our small role in this controversy very weird, because mm-hmm. I, like, my whole life has been one of, like, compartmentalization and careful management of, like, which version of myself I allow people to see. I remember um, <laughs> when I – like, when I left my – the job that I had um, up until, like, a year ago in order to move to my current undisclosed location um, – to engage in the the uh, totally not a CIA sponsored psyop that I'm <laughs> currently working on. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
But anyway, uh, there uh, there was this really like wonderful, like elderly uh, woman who would. I don't drive, and so she would like provide me with rides to work. You know, if the weather was bad or whatever, just if she's feeling generous. And I had worked there for seven years. Um, and she had, you know, and I'd gotten to know her, I thought, pretty well. And, like, the last week, she was like, you know, I don't really feel like I know much about you. <laughs> and that that's the thing. It's like you spend your life in this kind of careful compartmentalization of selves. And, and so it's very weird. It, it, it's like, why, like, would you fucking... To me, it's like, why would you fucking cancel someone? Why would you go and dig up yeah. a bunch of incriminating shit about this person or that person? Why would you want to get that deep into their personal yeah. affairs? That's... Because for me, my feeling is uh, even the people who – like even within the community, even within like the outsider lit community, I have probably to my shame kept – like almost everyone at like arm's length, like it limited it to like polite kind of like, oh yeah, hey, how are you doing kind of things or like participating in the occasional reading or something. But no, like there hasn't been really any attempt on my part to cultivate like personal attachments because I very much want that like spear of like personal privacy and personal, personal autonomy. So it seems really fucked to me uh, to like violate that uh, yeah. this this is something that i would really love to talk more about honestly yeah. because i feel like i maybe i'm a little different from you guys in this sense because <laughs> i love to mix my personal with my creative works mm. like uh i like to like kind of what i was talking about with religion and spirituality like i feel like art has replaced my religion in a lot of ways and this right. is me in a lot of ways trying to come closer to the energy of god or something like that however mm. i i don't have I, I think i need to end the conversation here for tonight <laughs> okay uh, They've got to end the podcast because Jesus, what time is it? <laughs> it's a little late. It's eleven fifty. Oh fuck! Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on for about an hour and twenty minutes or something. And yeah, I, yeah. but I think we, you know, maybe we'll meet up again. Uh, yeah. At some point here in a little bit, and yeah, and cool. you know, once a little time has passed, you know, things kind of like in the rest of the world are starting to pile on and happen kind of oh, fast yeah. right now for us. Yeah. I feel like like. Yeah, Every couple yeah. of days, but you got a new thing to center to to circle around, though. You know. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I'd love to be on again. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, this was um, fun. Pro <laughs> probably have done permanent damage to my reputation and my brand, but uh, it's been a good time. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it it has been honestly great, and I'm really glad we got the chance to be on here. Yeah, I'm very happy to have been on. Too. It was a good, good time. Sorry, I just a phone call just popped on to my. So if I cut somebody off right there, I'm sorry. It cut me off for a second. Uh, okay. Rudy, were you saying something? No, I'm just saying I was happy, uh, happy to be on. It was really fun. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the questions and the uh, the conversation. Really, totally. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'll try to. You know, I'll see if I can get this out tomorrow. Does that sound good? 
Cool. Whatever. Sounds we'll good to me. We'll see. It's not yeah. like there's a ton of production value going into this, so it kind of just goes <laughs> as is. <laughs> okay. Right. I'll talk to you guys All right. later. Yep. Talk to you later, man. Take it easy. Okay. See ya. Bye. 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 Yo. Oh, hey, what's up, man? Hey, how are you doing? Good. I think this time I I'm ready to go another second. So 27 wasn't enough. I feel like something okay. can happen and we can say something useful. Let me just, uh, one sec. Okay. You ripping? All right. So. <coughs> so. <coughs>